What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the NFL Takeover Podcast, brought to you by the Takeover Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lavalley. We have an exciting show for you today, but before we can do that, we have to talk about our buddies over at Prize Picks, and they have a special offer for all of our listeners and viewers, new users that deposit and use the promo code Takeover will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match of up to hundred dollars. Prize Picks is the fun and easy way to play daily fantasy. You pick two to five players in and over under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times in any entry. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including points, rebounds, assists, three points made, fantasy points, and more. Prize Picks offers every sport you. You can think of like the NFL, college football, NBA, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize picks also allows mixed sports entries. For example, you can take the over on Steph Curry's points combined with the under on Tom Brady's passing yards in the same entry. Prize picks has an award winning, easy to use mobile app, which you can find both on the App Store and Google Play. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. So if you're looking for a fun and easy way to play daily fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks and don't forget to use the promo code TakeOver so that they know that we sent you that is Prize Picks promo code TakeOver. And so we got to kick off this week's. Uh, show, unfortunately, talking about how the Minnesota Vikings made history against my Colts as they uh, they made the largest comeback ever in an NFL game, uh, being behind 33 to nothing in halftime. Uh, they then were able to top the Colts 39 to 36. Kirk Cousins was 34-54 for 460 yards for four touchdowns and two picks. Matt Ryan was 19 to 33 for 182 yards and one touchdown. As I started off, by saying the Colts were up 33 nothing at half. They scored three points for the remainder of the game. And this was absolutely a game of two halves. Uh, the Colts looked like a completely different team in the second half as opposed to the first half. You got to give the Vikings credit. They roared back in the second half and in overtime to make history. Jefferson caught 12 balls for 123 yards and a touchdown. Cook had 95 yards rushing, 95 yards receiving. And he also scored a touchdown. Kirk Cousins overall played a solid game, although he tried to give it away late in the fourth quarter with an interception. However, he did make big plays uh, when he needed to. Look, I was on social media both during this game and after this game, mainly Twitter. And everyone who was an anti-Saturday guy um, about him being the interim head coach was taking victory laps all over the place. And let me just tell you, I, I can't stand those people. I find them to be completely ignorant. And let's be real, they have a certain agenda for the reason why they hate Jeff Saturday and why they hated the hire. And frankly, they're not really worth anybody's time, particularly mine or, or anybody who is an actual Colts fan who actually pays attention to why Jim Mercer very likely brought in Jeff Saturday. Um, look, it, it's very obvious, in my opinion, that this was a complete and utter tank job in the second half. All right, there's there is it makes no sense how this team could be firing on all cylinders like they were in the first half. It, it was like watching a pro team in the first half, and then all of a sudden it was like they reverted to a high school football team in the second half. It just it doesn't make any sense. All of a sudden, the offense went from clicking on all cylinders to all of a sudden they can't make they can't get a first down. I mean, yes. Did we see remnants of this in the Super Bowl with Matt Ryan, with the Falcons? Look, I already know where everyone's going with this. Yes, we did see some of that. But the Falcons at least did make some plays in the second half, although although they did lose to the Patriots and the Patriots were able to overcome their deficit. I get that. But if you were to rewatch the second half of that Super Bowl game and you were to rewatch the second half of this Colts-Vikings game, it's completely different because, again, it literally was like the Colts – Got a phone call from Ursay going, hey, what the hell are you guys doing? We're supposed to be losing every single game the rest of the way so we can get a better draft pick. Because that's how they played. They played to lose the game. They did not play to win the football game. So I think personally that this has completely been out of Jeff Saturday's hands. 
I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I do. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, why would Jeff Saturday ever want to be on the wrong side of history like this? And I get that. But at the same time, that's the only thing that I can possibly comprehend as to what happened in the second half, because nothing, either that or it's fixed. I, I don't know where else to go with it. So either the Colts just laid down in the second half because they, they are supposed to lose the game because that's what's best for them as a franchise moving forward, or the NFL is completely rigged and it's fixed. I, I don't know which one to tell you. I would prefer to believe that the Colts just decide to lay down rather than it being fixed, but either way, there there is an explanation. I, I I just don't I don't understand how anybody can actually watch that football game and sit back and go, wow, Matt Ryan is just cursed and the Colts just suck. Because yes, the Colts as a as a team right now, yeah, we're not great. But again, that just it it does not make sense to me how the team can be clicking and then all of a sudden they just completely fall apart. Because it wasn't like the Vikings were playing phenomenal football in the second half. Okay, yes, they made plays when they had to, but they weren't lighting it up. The Colts had moments where they could have put that game away and they didn't do it. So, look, I I do feel bad for Matt Ryan, who's now on the wrong side of history for the largest comeback in Super Bowl and regular season history. Like, I do feel bad for that guy because he's going to be dogged forever for that. But again, at the same time, I just I'm sorry, I, I don't I don't know what else to tell you, except for the fact that I really do think that the Colts just lay down in the second half. Bills over the Dolphins, 32-29. Josh Allen was 25 of 40 for 304 yards, four touchdowns. He also added 77 rushing yards and led the team in rushing once again. Tua Tungavailoa was 17 of 30 for 234 yards and two touchdowns. This was by far the best game Josh Allen has played all year. He played smart. He took what the defense gave him, and he would he was sensational in the red zone. He didn't try to force anything. He just he took the checkdowns when he had to. Allen played a phenomenal football game from start to finish. Tied in Dawson Knox, led the team in receiving with 98 yards and a touchdown. And with the win, Buffalo clinched a playoff berth for the fourth straight season. Miami played well in the second half, um, and they, they had the lead going into the fourth quarter. Uh, this was definitely a game of, of, of two halves, at least the beginning of the second half anyway, because the, the Bills couldn't get anything going in the second half. They, they got the ball. Immediately after halftime, they were up, presumably with the way that they were cooking in at the end of the first half. I was sitting back thinking, look, this game's going to be over. The Bills are going to score on their first possession, and then they're going to pretty much just cruise their way to a victory. And that's not what happened. Miami, to their credit, played great defense in the third quarter. They came storming back, and again, they had the lead going into the fourth quarter. But here's the deal. There were moments in this game when I watched Tua throw the football, and I'm left scratching my head. Like, I don't know what he sees out there. I, I don't know. A lot of his decision-making is scary, and it's he's not he's he's not elevating his team in a lot of ways. As I noted last week, he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback whose play is elevated by the superstar talent around him. And I think anybody who is objective, who's objectively watched Tua last year and for the most part this year, will come away with that. I mean, you can't... You can't honestly watch Tua and sit back and think, yeah, this guy, as far as talent is concerned, is like a top 12, top 13 quarterback. Because he's not. He's not that talented. He has he throws a great deep ball. I mean, he does. He throws a great deep ball. You want to know who else threw a really great deep ball? Johnny Manziel. So that, that doesn't make you a great quarterback just because you can throw a, re a really pretty deep ball. He's not a consistent passer. He's just He's just, like I said, he's middle of the road. He's middle of the road with two of the best wide receivers in football in Waddle and in Hill on his team. 
The Dolphins needed to win this game, by the way, and they've now dropped three in a row. They're eight and six on the season, and they're on a very dangerous trajectory to missing the playoffs if they continue down this road. Um, I will say this, though, McDaniels, their head coach, is probably the most likable coach in the league. Listening to him um, with Peter Schrager, I believe it was at, at either, it was either at the beginning of the second quarter or the beginning of the third quarter. The guy's hilarious. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He's the type of coach you'd want to play for. Like He's awesome. He's a guy to root for. Um, but look, at the end of the day, I think Miami's in trouble. I don't know if Miami's going to make the postseason. Now, they're fortunate because the Patriots seem to be falling apart. The Chargers are kind of you know hit or miss week in and week out. You don't really know what you're going to get from them. And the Jets are falling apart, which we're going to touch on the Jets in a little bit. So they may make the playoffs by default, but they're definitely going in the wrong direction. I mean, again, three losses in a row after starting off as hot as they were. It's it's not a good place to be. Uh, but getting back to Buffalo real quick, this was, once again, this was another big game for Buffalo to win. They continue to, uh, they, they were sliding for a little bit there, but they have continued over the last few weeks to play big game after big game after big game and coming up in the big moments when they need to as a team. The Jaguars upset the Dallas Cowboys in overtime, 40-34. to 34. Trevor Lawrence was 27-42 for 318 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Dak Prescott was 23-30 for 256 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Jacksonville is starting to heat up. They've won two straight and three of their last four. Trevor Lawrence continues to shine in big moments and is reminding everyone why he's the number, why he was the number one pick. The Cowboys are fraudulent, and it's comical. Like, I'm sorry. I, I this I enjoy this so much. Too many talking heads keep bringing up the Cowboys as contenders when they keep providing evidence to the contrary, and it's it's just becoming amusing at this point. Dak Prescott, no matter how many people want this not to be the case, he is not a top ten quarterback. There's there you can you can try and and talk about him and and talk him up as much as you want. He's not a top ten quarterback, folks. I'm sorry, he's not. Uh, he doesn't make the big plays when the lights are the brightest. He constantly comes up short. He threw stupid, stupid interceptions in this game, especially that second interception that cost the Cowboys this game. And don't even get me started with Mike McCarthy, who is the most overrated coach in the league. He's somebody who shouldn't have a head coaching job. And the Cowboys, of course, will make the playoffs, but they will once again let their fans down as they always do because they're not going to be able to put it together. They have a they have a great defense. At times, again, you give up 40 points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not too sure how great your defense really is. And you struggled last week against the Houston Texans, although the Texans did give the Chiefs some issues too today. So I I, I guess I could give the Texans one a pass. But again, you give up 40 points to Jacksonville. How good is your defense? I mean, that's a question, right? How good are the Cowboys defense? Because the Cowboys offense is not consistent enough to win the Cowboys playoff games. They need that defense to hold their opponents to at least at the most, probably 20 points. If, if the Cowboys defense is going to give up 20 plus points, the Cowboys are going to be in trouble because we can't count on Dak Prescott. We can't count on Ezekiel Elliott to make plays. We can't count on CD lamb to make big catches because they don't do that in the postseason. So they need that defense to play well. And I just don't think it's going to happen. Like I said, the Cowboys are fraudulent. They'll make the playoffs. They'll be one and done like they are every single year. And then Cowboys fans will whine about it. And then we'll hear about how great they are next year when they start off four and one or five and two or maybe six and two. And everyone's going to be, you know, with their pom-poms out, getting really excited about the Cowboys. 
up until once again we hit Thanksgiving again next year, and then the same thing happens where we start going down that slippery slope, which I did warn you all about a few weeks back. The Lions topped the Jets 20 to 17. Goff was 23 of 38 for 252 yards and a touchdown. Wilson was 18 of 35 for 317 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. The Lions have won three straight and six of their last seven. They are without question in the playoff hunt. This team is the most fun team to watch in the NFL. I don't think it's close. And they're the easiest to root for, unless, of course, you're a fan of an NFC North team. But outside of that, how can you not root for this team? They're, they're led by Dan Campbell is a great guy, great head coach. He's really gotten this team to rally around him. Their defense, by the way, has continued to improve week after week after being statistically the worst defense in football the first five or six weeks of the season. And Goff keeps playing well and not turning the ball over. And that's the biggest thing. Jared Goff isn't throwing picks. He's not fumbling the football. He's not put he's just he's not costing his team victories, which is all you can ask for from your quarterback. And that was the biggest thing with Goff. That was part of his problem in Los Angeles. And that was a lot of what happened to him last year in, in Detroit, was he was constantly turning the ball over. Goff is playing clean games every single week. He's been, I talked about it last week, he's a top 10 quarterback this season. Statistically speaking, he is a top 10 quarterback. And that this offense is just, it's just a fun offense, man. With Amal Ross St. Brown, with Swift as running back, they have, they have so many, so many weapons on offense. And Goff is taking advantage of them. It's actually, it's nice to watch. It's as much as I'm not a fan of Jared Goff and I don't think he's a great quarterback. It's nice to see the guy actually start to figure it out. And I think that whatever whatever the Lions have been able to do to get it to click into Goff's head in a way that McVay wasn't able to, it's nice to see Goff actually start to figure things out and put the pieces together. The Jets are in trouble. They've lost three straight, four, four out of their last five. They're now seven and seven on the outside looking in for a wild card berth. Zach Wilson had to start this week because Mike White was on the sideline with fractured ribs after the beatdown he took last week against the Bills. And while Wilson had some decent throws, and he did have some decent throws, overall, Wilson is not a good quarterback. I mean, he makes your eyes bleed in certain instances. He has one of the strongest arms in the league, but his accuracy sucks, as does his decision-making. And it's just, the, the longer Mike White is on the sidelines, the, the least likely it is for the Jets to make the postseason. Because they will not make the postseason with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. They need Mike White. They need Mac, Mike White back healthy desperately just for his decision-making alone. I'm not saying that Mike White, like if we're going on talent, I think Zach Wilson is a more talented quarterback than Mike White. But as far as being a leader, being a game manager, understanding the moment, that's Mike White all day. And the longer that he sits on the sidelines, the worse it's going to get for the New York Jets. Getting back to the Lions real quick, they have three games left against the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. And if they win out, they will be in the postseason. We're going to rewind real quick. We're going to talk about Thursday night football. The 49ers rolled the Seahawks 21-13. Brock Purdy was 17-26 and for 217 yards and two touchdowns. Geno Smith was 31-44 to for 238 and a touchdown. The 49ers continue to roll with Brock Purdy as their starter. Purdy continues to impress and prove that his first two starts weren't a fluke. Well, really his first three if you count the Miami game. The 49ers were ahead wire to wire in this game, and their victory was never in doubt. Their number one defense continues to be a problem for any offense they face off against. Geno Smith played okay. 
but he took some unnecessary sacks and made some questionable throws, much like the Jets. The Seahawks have started off the season on fire, and they have slowed. They're now, they've now lost two straight, four of their last five. They're on the outside looking in for a playoff berth, and they end their season against the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Rams. The 49ers, with this win, clinch the division title and will have incredible momentum as they enter the playoffs in a few weeks. The Brock Purdy story continues to be the best story in sports right now. It is the best story in sports. This guy continues to impress. Aside from the Lions making the postseason, if Brock Purdy is able to take this team to the Super Bowl, that's going to be your story of the NFL season. All right, we're going to preview Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, and then we'll wrap it up. So for Sunday Night Football, by the time this comes out, Sunday Night Football will have already taken place. you got the Giants at the Commanders. This is a massive game for both teams, more so for the Giants than for the Commanders, in my opinion. I understand the Giants right now are ahead of the Commanders in the standings for the wild card, but I think momentum speaking, the Giants need this game. They need this ball game. Washington is a four and a half point favorite at home. I would take the Giants plus the four and a half. I think the Commanders win this football game. I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant because I'm rooting for the Giants. I'm hesitant to take the Commanders, but I think the Commanders win the game, but I think this is a three-point game. I think this is a last-second field goal. Whoever has the ball last type of game, this is going to be an ugly game. I think this is like going to be a, a 20-17 to 17 type of ball game. I don't think this will be a high-scoring game by either team. I am rooting, like I said, I'm rooting like hell for the Giants, but I think the Commanders, they just – they, they have all the momentum. The Giants have no momentum. They've been playing like doo-doo the last month of the season, the last month. I think their last win was in the middle of November. I mean, it's been a while since the Giants have won a football game, and that was against the Houston Texans, and they tried to give that game away. So uh, momentum is all on the commander's side. Like I said, I think the commanders win the game, but if you're betting on the game, I would definitely do the Giants plus the four and a half. Then we go to Monday Night Football, Rams at Packers. Packers are a seven-point favorite at home against Baker Mayfield and the Rams. Definitely take the Rams plus the seven. There is no way the Packers are blowing anybody out by, by a touchdown or more. That's not happening. Take the Rams plus the seven. I'm going to take the Packers to win the game. It's a home it's in it's in Lambeau. I'm going to buy into, you know, the the Packers have the slimmest slimmest of margins to be able to still make the postseason there technically mathematically still in the hunt i'm putting that in quotations they're mathematically in the hunt i'll take them to win the football game but i would definitely take the rams plus the seven if you're betting uh it's it's going to be a close game there's no like i said if if anyone was going to blow them out i would believe that the rams have more of a shot to blow out the packers than vice versa but I do think the Packers are going to win the football game. But I just – I don't see the Packers really pulling away from anybody again. I could be wrong. They've had a bye week. Maybe things have changed in Green Bay. You know, it could happen. But overall, like I said, I would take the Rams plus the seven. And then for Sunday Night Football, I would take the Giants plus the four and a half. All right, everyone. That's going to do it for this edition of the NFL Takeover Podcast brought to you by the Takeover Sports Network. Be sure – Two, hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so that you don't miss any of the other great shows we have for you here at the network. Again, we are in the midst of bowl mania, bowl season for college football. This is the place you want to be with the SEC Takeover Pod, the Big 12 Takeover Pod, the Big 10 Takeover Pod, and the ACC Takeover Pod. So be sure, like I said, hit that notification bell. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss any of the great action. If you are listening to this 
or you are interested in listening to this, you don't always have to watch this show on YouTube. You can download it wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it may be. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave me a five-star rating and a review. I would greatly appreciate it. And I will be back in the middle of the week to break down some midweek stories for y'all around the football league, along with previewing Thursday Night Football. So until then, I hope you all be well and stay safe. And I'll talk to y'all again on Thursday. 